I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the service so far, the worship service, uh, the song. Christ is the cornerstone, and then uh, Trevlin uh, came right along and uh, uh, talked about uh, the foundation and and uh, Meadow Simons uh, quoted that. Uh, scripture that says there other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ and he quoted it quite often must have been maybe his favorite scripture but uh, as I uh, uh, listened I agreed with what these brethren said I agreed with the song uh, in Matthew 16 uh, Jesus told Peter, you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. <laughs> and that has caused some people some problems. <clears throat> and I remember preaching a sermon years ago and talked about that, and I I told the congregation, don't throw the baby out with the wash water. <laughs> and, uh, now, uh, Trevlin said, there's no church without Jesus Christ. Without Peter, uh, there could be a church, okay? He was right. But, uh, In the scripture that uh, Trevlin quoted from Ephesians 2, where was Peter? He was in the foundation too. He was in the foundation. What do you do with the foundation? Put the windows in it? Put the roof on it? You know what you do with the foundation. You build the building on it. Uh, Jesus didn't say Peter was the only one that he was going to build his church on. But Peter's down there in that foundation. And, uh, and right along with the rest of the apostles and, and the Old Testament prophets and so on. <clears throat> yeah. But Christ is the bottom line. There's no church without Jesus Christ. Well, now let's uh, get them to my subject here. That, that's part of it, but uh, uh, <clears throat> a yoke. Uh, I'm, to, I'm to talk about the yoke of Jesus here this evening. Uh, what the yoke? Uh, I've seen a few of them in my day. Probably you all have seen a yoke, or at least you've seen pictures of them. Uh, The dictionary might tell you it's a heavy wooden piece with a loop at either end and it serves to couple two animals together to pull a cart or a plow or something. Uh, Vine, uh, in his uh, expository dictionary, uh, said the word is used metaphorically in Matthew 11, 29, and 30 of submission to authority. 
And uh, what brought me to this, uh, to this scripture and what made me start to think about it was uh, control. Uh, I, I, I don't like to give up control. I, I, that's hard for me. And uh, I don't think that, uh, I don't think it's easy, real easy for anybody, but for some people it's real hard to give up control. What Christ is asking for is control. Yeah. Full control, total control. He wants us to give up control of our lives and give it to Him. Well, let, let me start, uh, let me, uh, now I've already started. Let me uh, tell you, a, a, give you an illustration. Uh, years ago, when I was, uh, when I was a boy, I was maybe 10. I don't know how old I was exactly, but we had a young mare on the farm that was unbroken, untrained. And uh, one evening after supper, this uh, young mare uh, needed broken. She needed trained. And uh, <clears throat> the boys, I think, had been putting a harness on her and gotten her used to the harness and so on. But uh, she had never been hitched to uh, anything. And so uh, we had a hay field, a large hay field that had been harvested, just harvested. And they left the hay wagon out there in the field. And uh, they brought this young mare out there along with uh, our driving horse that uh, we drove at the time. And <clears throat> they hitched the driving horse on one side and they managed to get the young mare into the other side and uh, one of the pieces of uh, the wagon tongue on a horse-drawn wagon is called a neck yoke and it's a round piece has a ring at each end and uh, it snaps fast to the harness of uh, a horse the horse on both sides and it serves uh, a double purpose it uh, keeps the horses from either either one going their own way. They've, they're, they're tied to the other horse, okay? And also, it uh, is fastened to the wagon tongue and it guides the wagon. When the horses go one way, the wagon goes is guided in that direction. <clears throat> and uh, so they got the horses hitched up and the wagon, it was a flatbed hay wagon with rubber tires, uh, very similar to what you might see now, and you don't see very many flatbed wagons anymore. Uh, wooden bed, and uh, had standards in front, uh, probably five feet, six feet high maybe. We used it to haul loose hay, and uh, there were boards nailed across these standards, and uh, these boards were uh, just right for a little boy to stand on and drive the horses. I remember doing that. <clears throat> but now, uh, <clears throat> several of my brothers uh, got on the wagon. I was too young. I, I didn't get to get on the wagon yet. Several of them got on the wagon and 
the one uh, one uh, of us, I don't remember who, my dad probably, was holding the young mare's bridle. And uh, when the boys were ready on the wagon, uh, he let go of the bridle. And uh, the, the fun started. <clears throat> uh, the uh, horses started moving and... Uh, as soon as they started moving, the young mare realized that the wagon was coming after her. And things got in high gear right now. Uh, they started, uh, well, they, they ran flat out. And uh, the old driving horse went along. He, he didn't have much choice. <clears throat> Wasn't real old, but uh, it was a driving horse. And <clears throat> the wagon bounced. Uh, the field was fairly smooth, but it, there was some action, okay? And uh, <clears throat> they uh, kept turning the wagon in a long, big circle. Uh, probably made uh, most of a quarter mile or a half mile in, a, in one circle. I don't know how far it would have been, but, but at least a quarter mile. <clears throat> and uh, they kept the old the older driving horse on the inside of the circle so he wouldn't have as far to run and and they ran uh, as fast as the mare could go for uh, and they didn't try to slow her down they didn't pull on the reins or anything they, they let him go <clears throat> but didn't take too long until she got tired and uh, she slowed down and uh, the old horse slowed down and the circles got tighter and tighter and and uh, <clears throat> after a while they slowed to a walk and and uh, finally when they uh, were ready they stopped them and some of the rest of us got on the wagon and and so we started and stopped several times to get the uh, young mare used to the idea of uh, woe and uh, the reins tightening up and stopping at that point. That young mare learned several things in that process. One thing that she learned was that she was under authority. She was under somebody else's control, somebody's control, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and it took a while for her to, uh, for that to all register. And she learned also that the wagon wasn't going to get her. It stayed right there behind her. It didn't run over her. And uh, so uh, she wasn't going to get hurt by what she was pulling. <clears throat> and uh, so there, there were several things that, uh, that she learned there in that process. Now, what I want to what I want to preach to you this evening is that uh, the yoke of Jesus is is freedom, freedom from slavery to sin. It's uh, freedom from slavery to the fear of death, and it's freedom to love God and to love our neighbor. Now. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's giving up control, but it's also a yoke of freedom. 
Satan's yoke is, is a yoke of slavery. And uh, we have, uh, if we're serving Satan, uh, that's what it's going to amount to. There are three things that, uh, that are our enemies, uh, probably get them all into one. Uh, it's not control to a uh, submission to authority that's our enemy, okay? And it's not, uh, it's not the things around us that are uh, getting in our way that's our enemy. It's not the people that uh, do bad things to us that are our enemies. It's not the, it's not the Russians and the Chinese and uh, Islam and uh, electronics and liberalism and social media and drugs and alcohol. Those are not our enemies. Those are enemies, but, but our enemy per se is Satan and sin and self. Those are our enemies. And Christ's yoke sets us free from those enemies. If we come under his control, he sets us free from slavery to sin Sets us free. You can read that in John 8, 31 through 36, and we'll look at that in a minute. Freedom from slavery to the fear of death, and that's in Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15. And it gives us the freedom to love God and to love our neighbors. Let's look now at uh, John 8. 31 to 34. One of Mark's favorite scriptures. Verse 31 says, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? Now, now the Jews here were saying we were never in bondage. Uh, they were saying we were never in slavery, I guess. But, but they were in bondage to the Romans. And we'll read further, and they were in bondage other ways too. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant or the slave of sin. That word servant there is uh, the Greek word that is also uh, means slave. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And this freedom that the Son gives us is rest. In Romans 5.12, we read these words, Wherefore, as by one man 
sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. All have sinned. Outside all mankind, outside of Christ Jesus, outside of the yoke of Christ is under the yoke of slavery to sin. We're under the yoke. Every, every person is under a yoke. Either we're under the yoke of Christ or we're under the yoke of Satan, sin, and self. In Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, <clears throat> we read, let me go to that. I don't have it written down here. For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself also, Christ, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Does, uh, does death scare you? <laughs> now, uh, we're, we're sitting in here... Oh, in this building, okay? And uh, we're in a comfortable environment. Uh, we've got God's people around us and uh, our, uh, our hearts aren't in AFib and uh, I don't suppose. And uh, we're, we don't think we're gonna die right at, at the spur of the moment, okay? But uh, Every once in a while, uh, I don't know whether you all have, <clears throat> and maybe you all didn't uh, live as dangerously as I did, but I, over the years, once in a while, I had a brush with death. And uh, it, uh, it can bring fear. I remember one evangelist uh, preaching one time, and uh, he was... Uh, dealing with uh, some unruly horses and uh, <clears throat> the uh, he was in front of them and the horses reared up and they were big work horses and and uh, he was afraid for his life and uh, in that moment he said god help me and and god helped him <laughs> okay uh, and God has done that uh, for me as well. <clears throat> but, but people outside of Christ tend to be afraid of death. Slavery to the fear of death is what uh, the writer of the Hebrews says. Outside of uh, Christ... In Christ, he sets us free from that fear. We read, uh, what, in this morning's devotional? Paul. Paul said he, he uh, got to the point where he thought he was going to be killed. He, he thought he was going to die, but... Uh, 
But he remembered, though, that, that there's a resurrection and that he's going to go be with Christ. And so uh, the fear of death wasn't there. It was uh, a fear of dying, maybe, but uh, the fear of what happens after death, fear of judgment, that wasn't part of it, okay? He had, he had the assurance that he was going to go live with Christ if he died. And that takes care of the fear of death. In the Old Testament, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, a few verses there. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 47 and 48. Let me read those. And this, uh, this chapter uh, starts out with uh, some of the blessings that they could enjoy. Uh, as Moses was talking to the Israelites, God was uh, telling Moses what to tell them. And God was telling them how they would be blessed if they served him. But if they didn't, then some, thing, some bad things would happen. And I'll read uh, here. Verse 46 says, And they shall be upon thee for a sign and a wonder and upon thy seed forever. Pardon me, I was going to start at 47. Because thou servest not the, the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. God gave us everything. We're, we're indebted to him for all things. But because you're not thankful for that, therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord thy God shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. He shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. If, uh, if we're not going to come under the yoke of Jesus... The sinner, what does he have to look forward to? This, this is what he has to look forward to besides what happens after death. Several, uh, there's several other good verses in this uh, passage, but uh, let, let me uh, tell you about a neighbor that, uh, that uh, I had over the years. His name was Raymond. And uh, Raymond wasn't, uh, he wasn't the easiest man to get along with, okay? Uh, he, he was a well-to-do man. He and his wife, uh, his wife had uh, worked at, in the, some government capacity as a translator, I think, and had made lots of money. And Raymond had worked at the experiment station at Beltsville, and he also... Uh, had uh, was well healed he uh, he wasn't quiet about uh, his riches told me one time that his uh, estate was worth some three million and uh, but uh, Raymond tried to help uh, some of the poor folks around but his uh, his helping uh, was uh, 
Well, it wasn't as good as the help you could give them, okay? N not as good as the help that a, a godly person could give them. Uh, Raymond had his problems, and uh, but he hired these two un these two unmarried people that were living together, and uh, they worked for him for a number of years. And the lady's name was Dolly, and uh, that's her first name now, not her last name. And uh, Raymond finally made Dolly his power of attorney. And then uh, a doctor declared Raymond in, incompetent. Okay? And, and at that point, Dolly had control. And, and it, uh, from what I could see without knowing the inside story, it didn't look good to me for for Raymond. Uh, I had occasion to uh, go and visit Raymond. I had uh, uh, he had left something at our place, and uh, I took it to him. And uh, there was a dog. I hadn't seen Raymond for a, quite a while. Okay, he uh, was uh, home. His Lincoln. Continental was sitting in the garage and wasn't being used. There was a, a dog tied to the front porch, to the steps, a little uh, patio there. And uh, he acted real vicious. And uh, uh, I'm not that brave around dogs, but I decided uh, Maybe he's not as vicious as he looks, and so I walked on up the steps and uh, knocked on the door. Dog didn't bite my leg or anything. <clears throat> he just growled and acted mean, okay? But uh, the dog was there for a reason. And so I knocked on the door, and, and Raymond said to come in from inside, and I went in. And I visited with Raymond for a little bit, and I told him what I was there for, and so on, and... And we had a nice uh, little chat there. But uh, my observation is that Raymond was a prisoner in his own house. He, he, I don't think that he had the option of uh, leaving. <laughs> and uh, a little later, uh, Raymond was in a nursing home. And we used to sing at the Living Waters Nursing Home in Timberville, where Raymond was, uh, the Bethesda congregation. And <clears throat> so when I knew that Raymond was in there, I uh, went uh, to the desk and uh, asked one of the workers there whether I could go, go visit Raymond, where he was at. And uh, they said they'd have to call Dolly and uh, see whether... I would have permission to visit Raymond, and uh, and Dolly gave me permission. I knew her, uh, at, and uh, had talked to her, and so I had permission, and I went in and and visited with with Raymond. But uh, once again, the evidence is that uh, access to Raymond was restricted, severely restricted. If Dolly didn't say it was okay, you didn't go in. 
Raymond was uh, a prisoner to uh, the help that he had hired and uh, he died and uh, uh, Dolly uh, called me and uh, wondered whether I'd have a committal for Raymond at the local Flat Rock Church Cemetery. Raymond was an atheist. He didn't believe in God, okay? He went to church at the Brethren Church sometimes, and, uh, but, but he uh, didn't make any secret of his uh, belief. Well, I was, uh, I was in Wisconsin at the time when they talked to me and uh, wasn't going to be home, and so I told them to call Art. And so Art had a committal at the cemetery for Raymond. It's not a nice thing to think of uh, Raymond's last days, even less nice to think of where he is now. We don't want to have God working against us. We, we don't want to be under the yoke of uh, sin and Satan and self. <clears throat> Jesus said, take my yoke and learn of me. Take my yoke and learn of me. Learn from me. In, uh, back to John 8 now again. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Uh, he said, take my yoke and learn from me. And, and uh, <clears throat> uh, here he's saying, continue in my word. Uh, this word is truth. Uh, it, uh, it tells us over and over and over again. Uh, verse 32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In John 14, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Not only is uh, this word truth, but the living word was truth, truth in person. And, and uh, when he said, take my yoke and learn of me, we were going to learn truth when we, when we learned from him, when we took his yoke we were going to learn the truth. And, and one, of the tr the, one of the facets of truth is that we need to continue in his word. We need to know his word, and we need to stay with it and, and stay in it. A, a, a one evangelist uh, preacher said sometime recently that I heard uh, how much of uh, Christ's teaching can we neglect or lay aside and still be all right? And I was uh, reading in my devotional the other morning from First John, and 
there are some uh, there's some pretty blunt scriptures here in the book of First John. In verse 6 of chapter 1, it says, If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And then in, uh, in uh, chapter 2, in verse 7, he says, He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. There's another scripture that I want. And I don't see it right now. This is the love of God if we keep that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. But there is uh, one of these verses that says Whosoever denieth the son the same hath not the father but he that acknowledges the son hath the Father also, uh, but there is uh, there is a a verse here in First John that says that if we do not keep His commandments, we are not His, and that uh, that's blunt language. We must learn His Word and continue in it. We can't leave part of it alone. Do, do I know the word? Do I, do I know it fully the way I ought to know it? And am I living the word? I love to talk about Craig Boyer, and let me say just a little bit more about him than what I've said here before. Uh, when Craig went to visit that group of saved Amish people, one of the questions that, uh, that they asked him real early in the discussion was, do you know the Lord? And uh, that, that took Craig by surprise. Know the Lord? You mean it's possible to, to know him personally? To, to have a relationship like we have here today? To know God? The important part here is that, that these people knew the Lord. And that's not all. Uh, before that evening was over, Craig knew the Lord. <laughs> they knew him, and now Craig knows him as well. In John chapter 7, back a page in your Bibles from the 8th chapter, in verse 12, yeah, verse 16, My doctrine is not mine, Jesus talking, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. In other words, uh, our will is involved. If, if we want to do what God wants us to do, we're going to know whether it's truth or whether it isn't. And uh, Jesus was telling these people, if, if you want to know, if you really want to know, if you want to do what God wants you to do, you will know 
whether I'm telling you the truth or not. I'm telling you what God said. That's what he, that's what he was telling those Jews. John Wesley was on a ship in a bad storm. I said it was John. I think it was John. It was one of the Wesleys. It wasn't this one. <laughs> it was on a ship, and there were a number of Moravian families on that ship. And, and they were in a bad storm, a bad storm. And uh, most of the people on that ship were uh, praying, and they were deathly afraid. It was, uh, they were facing death, uh, and they thought. But Wesley noticed these Moravians. They, they didn't seem to be worried about it. And, and it spoke to Wesley. Uh, these people had a relationship with the, Lord, with the Lord. They were under the yoke of Jesus. They had a relationship with him, and it spoke to Wesley. Jesus said, again in uh, chapter 11, verse 29, I am meek and lowly in heart. He was saying, I am gentle and humble. And you will find rest. In Galatians 5.1, are these words, stand fast, persevere, stay on course, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't go back into slavery. Hold on. Uh, stand fast in the liberty that Christ gives. Take his yoke, <laughs> and it'll set you free. It's not a yoke of bondage. Yes, it's slavery to Jesus Christ, but it's freedom. It's a freedom that the world doesn't know. It's what causes them to think Christians are foolish, as in today's Sunday school lesson. <clears throat> now, what I have told you this evening is, first of all, that if you take Christ's yoke, you'll be set free from slavery to sin, from slavery to the fear of death, from all of those bad things. And if you uh, stay without taking that yoke, you will wind up like Raymond Wine. Take his yoke. It's an easy yoke. It'll set you free. <clears throat>